again. So, in preparing for this sermon titled, What Unites You Use, I consulted a variety of sources, including 1887 documents and Unitarian Universalist histories, and I also consulted the Oracle of the Internet, <laughs> and I found this gem on it that I must share with you. Now, I'm going to ask for liberated space here. This is a term that I learned from the youth I worked with this summer at the UU College of Social Justice Training. Liberated space means I'm about to get vulnerable with you, so be nice to me, please. Because I'm about to sing for you without accompaniment. And it is a song I did not write to a tune that the author did not write. You will recognize it from Pirates of Penzance. I will slow it down for you. And there is a uh, chorus member portion, so if anyone feels inspired, you're more than welcome to join me on that when I point out to the audience for cho uh, chorus members. But don't feel obligated. I can carry it myself if I need to. <coughs> I am the very model of a modern Unitarian, far broader than a Catholic, Hindu, Jew, or Presbyterian. I know the world's religions and can trace their roots historical, from Moses up to Channing, all in order categorical. I'm very well acquainted, too, with theories theological. On existential questions, I am almost wholly logical. About most any problem, I am teeming with a lot of views. I'm full of fine ideas that should fill our church's empty pews. We're full of fine ideas that should fill our church's empty pews. We're full of fine ideas that should fill our church's empty pews. We're full of fine ideas that should fill our church's empty, empty pews. I quote from Freud and Jung and all the experts psychological. I'm anti-nuke, I don't pollute, I'm chastely ecological. In short, in matter, spiritual, ethical, material, I am the very model of, of modern Unitarian. In short, in matter, spiritual, ethical, material, we are the very model of a modern Unitarian. I use the latest language, God is never Father or the Lord, but ground of being, source of life, or almost any other word. I never pray, I meditate, I'm leery about worshipping, I serve on ten committees, none of which accomplish anything. <laughs> I give to worthy causes and I drive a gas-conserving car. I have good UU principles, although I'm not sure what they are. <laughs> I'm open to opinions of profound or broad variety, unless they're too conservative or smack of righteous piety. Unless they're too conservative or smack of righteous piety. Unless they're too conservative or smack of righteous piety. Unless they're too conservative or smack of righteous piety. I formulate agendas and discuss them with the best of them. But don't ask me to implement, we'll leave that to the rest of them. Uh, in short, in matters spiritual, ethical, material, I am the very model of today's religious liberal. In short, in matters spiritual, ethical, material, we are the very model of today's religious liberal. That's all. <laughs> So again, I wish I could take credit for that, but I must give credit where credit is due to the Reverend Christopher Gist Rabel of the First UU Church of Toronto. I found that on their website, along with a litany of UU jokes, which I feel it is my obligation as a minister to share with you. 
How many Unitarians does it take to change a light bulb? We choose not to make a statement either for or against the use of light bulbs. However, if in your own journey you have found that light bulbs work for you, that is wonderful. We invite you to compose a poem or a modern dance and present it next month at our annual Light Bulb Sunday service, in which we will explore a number of light bulb traditions, including incandescent, fluorescent, three way, long life, and tinted, all of which are equally valid paths to luminescence. Why can't you use sing very well in choirs? They're always reading ahead to see if they agree with the next verse. Why did you cross the road? To help the chicken in its search for its own path, of course. What do you get when you cross a UU with a Jehovah's Witness? Someone who knocks on your door for no apparent reason. <laughs> Thomas Starr King, widely regarded as the first Unitarian Universalist before the denominations were even really considering merging, once said that Universalists believe that God is too good to damn men, and Unitarians believe that man is too good to be damned. <laughs> and a visitor to a UU church sat through the sermon with growing incredulity, as you visitors might be doing right now, at the heretical ideas being spouted. After the sermon, one of the members asked the visitor, so how'd you like it? And he said, I, I can't believe half the things that minister said. And the member said, oh good, you'll fit right in. <laughs> now, like most humor, these little self-deprecating jabs point at some deeper truths. We do actually, as you use, have a reputation for being inclusive to the point of utter vagueness, contentious to the point of ridiculousness, arrogant, and indecisive. Explanations of our faith from the inside and the outside range from, you just can believe whatever we want, to, you just don't believe in anything, to, you just don't know what they believe. We're also known for our relentless optimism about humanity and its progress, for thinking about our beliefs and opinions rather than having blind faith, for valuing a diversity of viewpoints, at least in theory, for our dedication to welcoming wounded and wandering seekers of all backgrounds. But for many you use, the question of what unites us remains elusive. The default answer tends to be, oh, the seven principles. And though I've often used that very answer, it has never seemed sufficient. Something has always nagged at me that seems incomplete. And I recently read an essay, which I then discovered was written by Marlon Lavenhar, that pointed, to, pointed out two things about the principles that resonated with my lurking discomfort. The first is that they were not written as a statement of faith, but as organizational bylaws for the UUA. They were intended as the least common denominator, direct quote, from the UUA, of the broadest possible values that could qualify a person or a congregation as UU. This is the entry level. The second thing is that they do not pass the test of scripture, meaning that they offer no comfort or guidance for life's trials and tribulations. 
Our seven principles are so agreeable because they were intended to be as inclusive as possible, explicitly to be so broad that no one could possibly disagree with them. They were supposed to be the container in which individuals and congregations could define their own unique theologies and covenants, not a personal theology or a congregational covenant in and of themselves. Now this makes sense with my experience of point two, which is that I cannot curl up with the free and responsible search for truth and meaning in the dark night of the soul and feel any relief or connection to something larger than myself to carry me through. The interconnected web of existence of which we are all a part comes closer. In fact, I use that as my basic definition for my higher power, but if I don't flesh out that definition, determine what it means to me, and go deeper, then the, de then the terms remain shallow, and they don't hold much water when the tides of life and death roll in. A couple weeks ago, I fielded some questions from my congregation in Bartlesville for an Ask the Minister Adult RE session. I put out a box in the common area of the congregational hall and uh, put some index cards out. They had a couple of weeks to write down anonymously whatever they wanted to throw in that box. I gave the caveat that I reserve the right not to answer if they asked me anything too weird. <laughs> However, my faith in my congregation uh, has been maintained because they asked me a lot of great questions. And I won't repeat them all here, but I'll give some examples. Are theology and faith appropriate terms in UUism? Since Unitarianism and Universalism are Christian terms, should we even be using them? What is my favorite UU ritual? Some of these were hard questions. I was pleased to find that I could answer them, but I also recognized that without my theological education and background in UU history, even as someone raised UU, I would not have been able to do so very well. And then in some cases, I had trouble answering what should have been very basic questions, like, what's my favorite ritual? I really had to think about what was specifically a UU ritual. For the record, my favorite ritual is child dedication. And that concerns me a bit, the trouble I had in answering these questions. The fact that before I started seminary, I wouldn't have been able to answer them with anything more than a, um, uh, no. I don't know why, but no. <coughs> as a faith, it, it reflects something that I've noticed in UUism as a whole, that as a faith tradition, we can be very unclear about who we are and what we stand for. Because as good and thoughtful as these and other questions were, I heard in them some troubling assumptions that I hear in our faith at large. That God talk has no place in UUism. That being rational people means that we can't have faith. That UUism is not only post-Christian, but anti-Christian. And if those things are true, I'm in the wrong place. Because I want to talk about God. In all the definitions and reimaginings of the word, personal or transcendent, out there or in us, supernatural sky father or totality of the natural world, I want to talk about God. 
And I don't want to abandon the term just because some people use it in ways I don't like. I want to deepen my faith in something larger than me and connect to it in ways that feed and nurture the depths of my being. My best thinking is pretty darn good, but when faced with the big unanswerable questions of life, I need a faith that is practical, that works, that transcends logic. Because logic cannot get me through senseless things like loss and violence and humanity's inhumanity to itself. Logic alone does not give me hope, which, according to Viktor Frankl and a slew of other Holocaust survivors, is the only thing that got them through their living nightmares. And that hope defied all logic. I want to celebrate my Christian roots, both in previous generations of my family and previous generations of this faith, as well as current ones. I want to welcome those who have found Christian churches to be too narrow for their beliefs, but don't want to leave their love of Jesus at the door. Nor do I want to leave mine. But I don't believe I'm in the wrong place. Because I've been in UU churches all over the world. And though each was a little different, I found something consistent in our variety. I grew up at All Souls in Tulsa, which was then a fairly rationalist Unitarian church, kind of the classic Harvard Divinity School, New England Protestant sort of style. And I've watched it grow in the last several years to include a very heart-based universalism and a very reverent humanism. I was a member at First UU New Orleans for a few years after Katrina, and in the work of rebuilding that congregation, I saw the bonds of community stronger in that struggling place than I have ever seen them anywhere else. Faith was great there. I belonged to the UU Fellowship of Paris, which was entirely lay-led and almost exclusively atheistic. God talk conversations were interesting there. I went on retreat with the UU, uh, with the European UU gathering that same year, and I found a spectrum of humanists, atheists, agnostics, mystics, Buddhists, and others whose values of connection and togetherness transcended several international boundaries and all of those theological ones. I visited UU churches across the U.S. over my 31 years in this faith. Some were neo-pagan, others very close to our New England Protestant cousins, some very musical and outgoing, others contemplative and austere. And in each of these diverse settings, I felt at home, like I was among my people. More often than not, I have felt secure that no matter where I was on my spiritual path, I was welcome in a UU space. And that is a comfort that I can curl up with at night and rest peacefully, a sense of belonging and growth. As it turns out, Frederick May Elliott, one of our great Unitarian ancestors whom I was discussing earlier in the source reading, agreed with me on that point of unity. He said that the common thread among liberal church members is their need to grow. Now bear in mind, by the way, that liberal here means religiously broad, not politically leftist. Though we do tend toward that side of the spectrum, I have known a few staunchly conservative UUs and a, and a great many moderate ones. We do not all agree with each other. We do not all believe the same things, theologically, politically, or otherwise. 
So if our unity doesn't lie in common doctrine, common beliefs, or common politics, or even in our principles, where does that leave us? Well, as the common UU tagline boasts, we need not think alike to love alike. And that love is what unites us. That need to grow is, in my mind, synonymous with love. Love is expansive and nurtures growth. If I'm acting in love, I can be assured that I am acting in accordance with my UU values, loosely outlined by the principles and hopefully made specific in my personal and church context. I posed my guiding question for this sermon to a friend from seminary who is with the Metropolitan Community Church and flirted with UUism for a while. This person said, what unites UUs? A common theme in beliefs that no one belief is solely authoritative over all. A common theme in beliefs that no one belief is solely authoritative over all. I can't really think of a better one-line definition of Unitarian Universalism, and it didn't even come from us. <clears throat> yes, as someone pointed out in my congregational Q&A, our compound name derives from Christian vocabulary. And while I do not wish to discard our Christian roots, I also wish to honor our growth. For as a faith tradition, ours is a beautiful story of growth and evolution. We evolved from Unitarians who were anti-Trinitarian Christians and believed in the unity of God to Unitarians who believed in the essential unity of all life. We evolved from Universalists who believed in the universal salvation of an unconditionally loving God and his son Jesus Christ to Universalists who believed that there is an universal element to the human experience that unifies us in a way that is nothing less than sacred. Each evolved toward the other, moving through stages of questions and challenges and crises of faith, but ever committed to continual growth. And we have remained committed since we came together in 1961. There have been some very hard times in that, in that history, from the UUA-wide racial conflicts of the black empowerment <coughs> controversy in the late 60s, to the storming and norming of local churches and congregants, but we've been willing to stay with the discomfort and to go through the uncertainty in the interest of growing in love, even when we don't agree with each other, even when we don't really like each other. And I believe that that is why we are all here today, because we want to keep growing. I know I do. And I hope that you will go forth from here willing and ready to do the work to grow in our great covenant, to dwell together in peace to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. May it be so.